seconds to go. Sharon dribbles into the front court, drives to the bucket. His shot, no good. Put back up and in by Trayvon Scott. Cincinnati by one. Rose from half court. His yeah! shot is no good. 20, 25, towards the middle of the field with the 35, and he is gone. Trey Tucker will take it. 98 yards to the house. As Ritter catches the shotgun snap. Five-step drop from the 10. Fires deep down the middle of the field. Tyler Scott is open. Over the shoulder, catch at the 38. Sprinting away from the Red Hawks. Into the end zone for an 81-yard touchdown. It is a nip at night knockout. And the fans are beginning to charge the field here at Nippert Stadium. Opportunity seized as the Bearcats send a message to the college football world. Did you see that? Hello, listeners, new and old. Welcome back to your favorite Bearcats podcast, Viva La Cats. I am your host, Justin Hiles, accompanied by my great friend, Steve Maurer, and we are here to bring you the very best of the Bearcats week in, week out. Make sure to check us out at Viva La Cats pod and follow us on Spotify or Apple Pods or wherever you listen, and also make sure to check out at UC Uniforms for all the up-to-date UniTracker info from Steve. Uh, just to start us off, the Bearcats made the playoff uh, rankings this week. We are top four, baby. Top four, top four. Yes, sir. That's what <laughs> it's I like about to time. see. Yeah, man. It's, it was a good time for us to you know finally be recognized for what, we were, what we've been doing all year, and I think that uh, this feels real, and obviously I don't think the bottom's going to fall out if I'm optimistic, but... Um, it's pretty cool to be the go in the record books as the first ever group of five teams, soon to be power five team, yeah. to be in the college football rankings, uh, top four. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I think it shows that we finally got a little bit of respect. I mean, it's we've been waiting for it. Granted, I think, you know, this conversation changes, of course, because Oregon, of course, lost to Utah. Uh, I'm trying to remember where they were ranked. I think it was like 21st, something like uh, that. 22nd, yeah. And, and Oregon then, was three. Yeah. And so... Oregon dropped out, of course, and um, we moved up one, and Michigan moved up one, too, which does make me a little bit nervous and I think is worth conversation because Michigan being ranked at number five, playing OSU at home this week. Uh, that's a big game, and it concerns me that we have a three versus a five this week, only for the fact that if OSU doesn't pull that out, we've got chaos. We have more chaos. Michigan moves up which will bump OSU out. But then is OSU completely out of the conversation? Because I've heard from very many different people, very differing opinions. I want to know what your opinion is on that. Uh, they don't have a top 10 win. So I'd say they're out. And uh, I think a two-loss non-conference champion, Ohio State, uh, I think a two-loss non-conference champion, I don't think you're in. Yeah. So uh, I think they would be out. I think a two-loss non-conference champion, Alabama, would be out too. Um but, Justin, I think we know from having Ohio State friends yeah. that uh, <laughs> that is not very likely to happen yeah. because Ohio State, the one thing I respect them for, they still get up for this Michigan game because I think a lot of them and, like, uh, a lot of 30-year-olds remember the days when Michigan was, yeah. on the other hand, beating the crap out of Ohio State. Yeah. So now it's personal for all these Michigan people, and they keep teaching these young kids to hate Michigan and no matter how highly ranked they they are coming into that game, it's gonna be a bloodbath. So oh, for sure, uh, I I'm not really too worried about it, you know. And then we'll just have to hope that Wisconsin uh, knocks them off the next week. But how many yeah. times have we watched that 
Big Ten championship game with Wisconsin Ohio State, hoping for something different to happen. It's like Charlie Brown, yeah, uh, trying to kick the football <laughs> and Lucy pulling it away. It's Groundhog Day, man. It's yep. we you never get a different uh, outcome, and unfortunately, I think the biggest thing that you know we really have to worry about outside of them is going to be the Big Twelve, um, because uh, it's it there's a legitimate shot if oh, Oklahoma State wins out there's a legitimate i think oklahoma is pretty much out of the conversation but oklahoma state would be my only concern right um outside of those two teams there's nobody else that i really see as a threat of course pac-12 done uh any other conference outside of the power five obviously out of the conversation um so we just have to hold strong and, and i think the other thing too is again you know we can always be concerned about all these other teams um and you know we're not really going to be concerned about the bearcats Especially when we go up a team, uh, go up against a team like ECU this week, but there is something to be said too for that championship game because Houston does look strong. You know, I, I think that we are ultimately the better team. We would come out on top in that game, um, and I, it's going to be at home, correct? So yeah, we have the home field advantage. I feel really good about that game, but regardless, we still have to take care of our own business because I think at this point in time, with the Oregon loss and with the Big Ten, uh, it will solve itself one way or another with Michigan and Ohio State. I think that we have the conversation where we're in control of our own destiny here at this point. And you we gotta, went out, I think we stay in. I think you got to believe in the Bearcats. I mean, you know, they've given you every reason to believe. And obviously with the weekend, weekend's win over SMU that we're going to talk about in a few minutes, I think there's no reason to not think that, you know, as long as they keep winning and keep rolling, this is uh, – it's a real possibility that the Bearcats uh, could be uh, staying around in that playoff picture. And if uh, Oklahoma State jumps up to get us somehow or if Oklahoma somehow goes on a miracle run, then we can do the favorite thing that we did the last two years is just grumble, grumble, mad CFP, yeah. you know. But they're in a comfortable spot right now. So yep. we want to break down the SMU game real quick? Yeah, for sure. So this week the Bearcats played SMU at home. Um, in what we all expected to be a difficult game. And it was anything but. The Bearcats put it on cruise control for this game. Um, I did not see that coming. I don't know if any of us did, um, except maybe Luke Fickle and the Bearcats. I think they were probably the only ones who saw that coming because um, we've seen the issues that they've had over the past few weeks. Past four games, you know, they've won. And some of them a bit more convincingly than the media would let you agree with or uh, let you think. But ultimately, this kind of game, you know, we never let SMU have a chance. It was, I believe, 38, something like that. Oh, at the half. I'm trying to remember the exact halftime score. 34, maybe. Uh, it was uh, 30, 30 something at the half. 37 nothing. 37 nothing at the half. So, I mean, we shut them out. That was the first time the entire season that SMU. 27 nothing. Sorry. 27 First time the entire season that SMU had not scored in the first quarter. Um, also, another game where we did not let an opponent score on the first drive. Uh, we shut them down, and it was it was great because, um, you know, their lovely, lovely Tanner Mordecai that they tout about so much, he got locked up, locked up. And I, I we got to go into his stats a little bit more here in a bit, but. Uh, speaking specifically to the Bearcats defense, but Bearcats offense was on firing on all cylinders, you know, and, and scored 48 in a game where, you know, again, we were expecting we'd have to score a lot, but we, we could have, I think scored 30 in that game. I think we, if we ended that game at halftime, 
you know, there, there's no there's no other conversation. The only reason that SMU scored anything was garbage time. They had Tanner Mordecai in. They had some of their starters in in the final drive for them in the fourth quarter. Like, just put in your third string. You, the game's over. Let them have some playing time. But instead, they wanted to put up some points. And I, I don't know if that's just a extra screw you because we embarrassed the hell out of them. Um, an 8-2 and two SMU team who they thought looked a lot stronger. You know, they got humbled that game. They got really humbled that game. The best part of the game for me was when uh, they SMU decided to kick a field goal down 41 points and uh, it got blocked. Yeah, that was really great. I saw someone tweet on the timeline, that's what you get for kicking a field goal down 40 points. Was and, that Arquan that got that? Yes, that was Arquan. A uh, nice little uh, run around the outside play where I, I don't know why you don't see more people do uh, do that because it seemed yeah. very simple. It was like <laughs> straight straight to the ball. It's like, okay, I see the cookies. I'm going to go get the cookies. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, good for Arquan. I feel like he's been kind of not been able to play as much this year because of Sauce yeah. and Kobe, but uh, getting some valuable time out there, and I'm happy for him. Um I mean, you know, like we talked about the offense, like uh, I'll read off the uh, you put on our script here about Heisman Ritter. Uh, career night, five total touchdowns, three passing uh, touchdowns, 40 yard touchdown on fourth and run, uh, fourth and one where the linebacker came down and bit so hard on it. Uh, yeah. And uh, Des juked him out of shoes uh, yep. and then caught a TD on the Bearcat special, Chili special, whatever you want to call yeah. it. It was an awesome pass from Jordan Jones. Uh 274 yards on 17 of 23 pass, uh, 23 uh, attempts, uh, passing, absolutely dominant performance. Mm-hmm. I like that in there, Justin, and so I wanted to uh, accentuate it. And then uh, I just saw this. Uh, PFF has been loving Dez the past three weeks. They've been loving him the whole season. Yeah, let's be honest, giving him a lot of credit. But uh, they said he was the highest graded quarterback in college football over the last three weeks at a 93.0 grade, and that's from uh, PFF underscore college. So. Uh, hometown company gave us some love to the hometown team. Yep. Uh, but the the matchup in a couple of weeks against Houston should be a good one because those are uh, their quarterback Clayton Tune and Dez have been the highest graded quarterbacks among all college quarterbacks. I think now there's a lot of grades for PFF. Not that I all under really understand, and I don't. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to get the PFF subscription anytime soon. <laughs> but the graphic looks nice. Yes. That's all that matters. Yeah. So, um, but other than that, like you know, Trey Tucker and Ty- Tyler Scott broke out in this game. Um, man, I think the best thing too was that uh, when UC got uh, SMU into third and long situations, uh, we were talking about this a while back. The run defense has not been that great, and uh, we were asking uh, them, you know, bring four, uh, stuff the box, right. and they were bring- playing four down linemen and. I think it was like three straight third downs in a row where we got sacks, uh, at least on the on the ESPN cut-up of it. And then yeah. uh, the only time that SMU had some positive momentum, uh, Kobe came in uh, on a like third and four play when uh, SMU got the first down. Guy was trying to get some extra yards. Coming came in, put his helmet right on the ball, and yeah. knocked it out, and that was it. You know, And that was awesome for him on senior day to get that moment. Um, he's been getting a lot of recognition for a lot of awards, which yeah, is kind of sure. interesting because obviously I think we all think that Sauce is the best one, but they're going to target Kobe more, and Kobe's going to be able to put up more, Numbers. more uh, stats. Yeah. Then it makes more sense to put him up there. So um, obviously just an all-around great game. If you haven't a subscription to The Athletic, by the way, I would encourage you to read the piece that uh, Chris Vanini wrote this week. 
Uh, he's based in Dallas, and he covers a group of five for the athletic, and he was embedded with SMU all week. He was in their team meetings and their position meetings, and they were breaking down all these things of ways to talk about the Bearcats. And it's just great to read as a Bearcats fan because Chris will talk about how this one thing in a meeting was covered, and then the Bearcats dismantle it <laughs> right yeah. away. Yeah. Like, they talked about how we need to get the punts off faster. We need uh, we can't get a punt blocked. What does Wilson Huber do on like the first or second jump punt right up there? Jump, jump right through the wedge Doink. and punk it. So I think the best thing too was just to start the game. You know, first play from scrimmage, yeah. coming out telling them we're not messing around anymore. I used to not like when Eddie Grant did this for UC back when uh, he was the offensive coordinator under Tuberville. It seemed like the first fifteen plays. At least one or two were just long bombs that did yeah. not work. And that was Gunnar Keel. That's not Desmond Ritter. Right. Desmond Ritter saw, saw off a freshman safety and saw Tyler Scott with so much space. And yeah, was, the whole field. It was awesome, man. Yeah, and I, I want to actually kind of wanted to jump into Tucker and Scott a little bit, too, because they've been relatively quiet this season. They've had some big numbers at home, but aside from, like, you know, the past couple of games – Wiley kind of popped off. You know, you've had Pierce, who's been consistent throughout. Um, but it really felt like those kind of long ball receivers who, you know, we know are quick as hell and can get down the field lightning fast. It felt like they really hadn't been targeted as much, or at least they just hadn't um, had as many receptions or they hadn't been putting up the numbers. Um, and this game was different. And it's, I think it goes to show, too, the variety that our offense uh, provides because. You know, there's just so many weapons, and it felt like for the first time we really, really utilized those weapons because, you know, I there was what? There's probably three or four guys who were over 80 yards in this game. So, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where once you start utilizing those weapons and you have such a variety going down the field, it's hard to, as a defense, as any opponent, no matter who you're playing, to cover everybody. There's always going to be some kind of mismatch. And if you can create those, and for a quarterback like Dez and a you know offensive system that we have, you're going to be able to create those mismatches, and you're going to be able to win on a lot of those. And of course, we saw that first throw of the game, first play of the game, for offensively for the Bearcats, you know, bomb it right down the field. And we've seen that before too. And uh, I had actually asked you about that too because I remember that Miami game, and I believe that was uh, Tyler Scott that had taken that long ball straight down, probably 70 yards. Uh, I think that was actually in our intro. Um, you know, looking at those kind of plays, like, you know, they, they seem to be missing when we've had to go for those short throws. So, um, consistently as of recent, but for some reason, SMU just gave us some gaps and we were able to open it up. Um, and we knew, we knew they were a porous defensive team, but yikes, (laughs) they just, they, they let the Bearcats burn them. And I think, you know, ultimately they let the game get out of hand. Um, I think we played great on defense. We controlled, but their defense was so porous. They could have at least kept it a matchup, you know, if they would have just, you know, stopped one or two more drives in the first half. But we got so much momentum going into the locker room. Like, it, it's it's so hard to come back from that. Like, that game, you're already expecting to lose. So then to just be beat down so hard, you know, 15, 20 minutes into the first, you know, first half. It, it's, I don't know. I almost felt bad for the ponies this week. I almost felt bad. That's how bad we beat them. 
Um, but, and they're going to lose their head coach TCU, crosstown yeah. rival. Like that'd be like us losing our basketball coach to Xavier. That, yeah. That'd be tough. I mean, but again, tell us a story we don't know. <laughs> a coach finally succeeds. A team finally gets what they want, and they run off. Hopefully, you know, we're going to cross our fingers. We're not going to put any bad juju in the air. But, you know, Fick's been, Fick's been great for us and has been consistent. And, you know, I think that this is a point in time where we've actually gotten the respect. And this is the difference. I, I wouldn't blame him if he were to just snap off somewhere else. But we have the respect this time. We have the playoff. He's gotten to – he's gotten above the glass ceiling that we had before. So – what reason would he have now? You know what I mean? Well, and the funding is now coming in exactly. with the, the day one fund recently yeah. being announced. And I think that was a, what what ultimately led to Nick's uh, departure was that uh, he was uh, he was asking for things that the administration and boosters felt like he was not winning enough to receive right. while we were still at a group of five level. And now Fickle is definitely winning above like even our wildest dreams for him at a uh, group of five level and as we go into a power five we want to keep him and not let him go and i think it's the perfect storm too where right. you have some boosters that are motivated by what's going on all the good news that yeah. has been happening recently and i think that's the difference for uh i don't know how many people are still you know wishing that mick was the basketball coach here because yeah. he that can be another off-season topic yeah like, i recently shared my off-season topic list with justin <laughs> Uh, it's, it's solid, a long folks. one, and like, there's, there's some fun ones. Um, that that can be added to it, but I think the thing with Fickle is he's seen that you know he asked for a locker room, and then that got upgraded into the indoor facility, and that's yep. eventually going to come. Um, he he and uh, Wes, I, I'm sure he asked for it, but it ended up coming where the Bearcats are going to eventually have their own plane to use for recruiting trips. Yep, uh, he asked for you know. I, he, I don't think he really asked for an extension. I think it just kind of happened, but right. he got extended. All of these things kept going and going, you know, and everything that's on his wish list now, he's going to get. Yeah. And, like, we're going to keep him. And I think everybody knows the three schools that he eventually wants to go to. We don't have to think about yep. those three schools right now because yeah. everybody knows. Yeah. We don't even have to say yeah. it. Yeah. It's kind of a known thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, But I think – you know, with a coach like Fickle, this is the time to just keep doubling down on him and just, you know, obviously we know what the landscape of college football is like, but I think it's just a thing where you got to be really happy with where we're at right now. Yeah, and absolutely. And I think the biggest thing, too, like you said, is Fickle's going to get what he wants. And I think for so long we had just had so many question marks, even with Mick. It's like, okay, but, you know, you're not necessarily hitting that we were looking for a sweet 16 or we were looking for an elite eight or a final four. And maybe that would just give us a little bit more leverage in trying to make those decisions for you. But it's like when you, when you just come up short so consistently, no matter your great regular season success, people want to see that end game because again, things like the tournament, things like the playoff, that's money. That's big, big money. I don't even know what our payout would be for playing in like the orange bowl this year, but I can imagine it'd be, insane and so you know like in, in order for a for teams just revenue based on tv money revenue based on participate like all of that factors into why you know you double down on a coach and with thick like you said you just have to give him what he wants because there is no better upgrade like you can't you can't look at luke fickle and think there's a better upgrade he is number one on everybody's list if 
if Nick Saban were to say, you know what, I'm done after this year, who do you think they're going to look at? You think they're going to look at anybody else than him first? Like, it's not, it's not a biased thing. It's not a, you know, we're up our own ass kind of conversation. Like, he is the, t- the head that everybody wants. And so, ultimately, I think we have to be really happy with where we're at now. We have to, if you think back just five, six years ago where this program was and how quickly things have turned around, I think we're in a really positive space. And again, like, I don't think we can explain enough just how big it is that we've made the playoff. Like, it, it's, you know, that's the thing where we're like, all right, we're expecting it. We're waiting, waiting, waiting. The payoff, like, it still doesn't feel real. And obviously, it's not going to feel real until we're playing in that game. You know, until you and I have a ticket to go to that game, it's not going to feel real. Um, which I will say, I'm going to call this right now. If you're a Bearcat fan and you've been watching this team at all over the past few years, and we end up making that playoff and we go, if you're not there, don't call yourself a Bearcat fan. I'm sorry. You got to save some money. I don't. I don't care how strapped you are for cash. I don't know what it. You have to be there. Like this is so huge. It's. I. That's the one thing I've saved my money for on the side. Is I know I need to book a plane, and a ticket to that game, whatever it is. Like it's. This is. This is a huge deal for our program, and it's. It. It is the top of the top. You know we've never been higher. I don't think since what probably the '60s with the national championships. So. This is a big moment for the fan base, and we have to recognize that. Sell your car, put a second mortgage on yeah. that home, do whatever you got to do. Have your wife sell breast milk. I saw, <laughs> I saw a documentary where, uh, in order to join this pyramid scheme, they were advising that people either open up a new credit card or uh, sell their breast milk wow. uh, to join the scheme. So, Lula Rich on uh, Amazon Prime, if you have it, it's a oh. wild documentary. Sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> So, Justin, you want to uh, switch over to basketball yeah, for sure. real quick, and then we'll uh, preview ECU at the end? Yeah, so talking about a uh, you know, program that's rolling, we took out number 14 Illinois. And I will say, before I say anything else, not to downplay this win at all, but the Big Ten looks like it has been struggling a bit. We took advantage of that, and there's a difference between struggling in a game against an opponent that you're supposed to beat the hell out of I don't remember what the spread was. I think the spread was like, ooh, 10, 11 points on that game, something like that. This one got out of hand. Uh, The first game of the Hall of Fame Classic, the Bearcats came out, rough start. Kofi Coburn, I think, was in his first start since last year. I think he maybe had been injured or had some kind of issue where he hadn't started. Oh, uh, I believe it was the suspension. I remember now. He was suspended because a couple days before NIL passed, he had sold some gear or merchandise, whatever, and he got screwed over on that, which we can't blame him. And he's a player who his performances, you know, make the money, man. But regardless, Kofi Coburn came out making a lot of noise. He had 12 points in the first eight minutes of the game. And at that point, Wes Miller said, screw this shit. I'm over it. Angry timeout. Pulled everybody on the sideline. I want four Bearcats on Kofi Coburn. Don't let him get a shot. And from that point on, 19-4, the Bearcats, it was never in doubt because they came surging back and they dominated and they ended up leading at the half 34-31, I believe, and ended up winning that game uh, in a wild 71-51 finish. Uh, when it, I came out of the half, I'm trying to remember, I want to say um, I want to say it was Bergy that said that. I know, uh, at Bergy Knights, our, our good friend there, he had said that I think the Bearcats went on a 50-15 to 15 run from that point, which is insane. 
Yeah, if you think about Insane. it, uh, we went on a 53 to uh, 20, uh, 28 run to close the game. Yeah. Um, 63 to 28 run to close the game yeah. after that, after those two angry timeouts when it was 23 to 8 to start. So uh, just an insane, you're right, an insane turnaround for a team that even in our wildest dreams, I don't think we would have expected that. I think if you're an honest UC fan, and we'll get to the Arkansas game in just yeah. a second, uh, Honest UC fan, you probably thought they were going to keep it close. Maybe they win, maybe they lose against Illinois, and then definitely win the second game if they lost against Kansas State. Right. And keep it close again against Arkansas. I don't think anyone expected this. And then yeah. it, I think it was also surprising to me to see how bad Illinois shot, partly because we were good on defense, partly because they were not taking very good shots. And then it kind of looked like when it was second half and they were they knew they were down, they were just kind of chucking. Yeah. And then the Bearcats got a rebound, went right back down, put up the layup, and scored. And like yeah. obviously Davenport was dropping in some moon bombs from right. outside. <laughs> um, but it was awesome to see. And I think the thing about this team that I love, like I said, energy. And just like tough, scrappy play too. Yeah, for sure. And uh now if we want to break down the Arkansas game real quick, got beat on the glass, uh Against a good team, and Illinois is a good team, but they seemed to go try and go through Kobe uh, Kofi a lot, and then yeah. when he was taken away by the Bearcats when they were deflecting passes, they seemed to not really have anything, any other like offense Options. that worked. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and Arkansas's got a few good guys, and I think the officiating was a little bit one-sided. Uh, Bearcats got called for a lot of offensive fouls, first yeah. and second half. Um, but I think the thing you can blame it on really is just the fact that we were not able to pull down rebounds on the offensive on on defense, and Arkansas got a bunch of second chance second chances, and they beat us on offensive rebounds seventeen to six. And I said this, and then I think our guy Connor made it the point on the Barstool account that there's not that many teams that are going to do that against us this year. Yeah, like Houston maybe because they're good and they're they're big. Houston just lost to Wisconsin last night. So, yep. you know, like maybe the Big Ten isn't as bad as people were saying it was. And that's, then, that's fair. You know, I, there's always going to be the chance that we have an off night and, you know, ball just doesn't bounce your way. Right. Rebounding is kind of like that sometimes where you can be in the perfect position and then if it just goes off the rim one further inch, then that guy like Tony was boxing out Victor Lockin yeah. late in the game. And Vic had four fouls, so he didn't want to like didn't want to give up that fifth by guarding him too close. But he got as close as he could, and you know to get that box out. But then the ball tipped just enough for Tony yeah. to grab it and lay it in because he knew that Vic couldn't foul him. So yeah, uh, uh, and then last night too, Davenport didn't give you much. Yeah, uh, I saw Lockin didn't really have a great stats game, but I felt like he kept us in the game at certain points. But another game where. Bearcats went down by a few early and then fought back to take a halftime lead. Like, whatever you say about the end of the game, second half, end of end of game, like, adjustments and stuff, Wes is making adjustments, coaching staff is making adjustments, and, you know, it, this team doesn't fold when they're yeah. down by 10. Arkansas went on an 8-0 run in the second half. UC responded back to, make, like, an 11-1 run. Yeah. And I was I said this in the group me last night. I don't know if you saw it, but among our friends, I said uh, this must have been like what it was like to watch like the '90s Bearcats yeah. play in like tournaments like this, where they were just tough, physical, right. energetic, 
great defense. Didn't matter then, what the numbers were. Well, and then it seemed like for a while there, obviously before the last media timeout of the game, before the last two and a half minutes, the Bearcats kept responding to every yeah. dagger that Arkansas was trying to give them. Because you know in that second half, team goes up by five, they hit a three, go up right. Eight. That can be a dagger yeah. to a young team, a team that is kind of put together with pieces of tape and balls of lint. Yeah. And like, I don't know, man, it just, they played so well. And so I'm happy for them. Yeah, for sure. I think the other thing too, that I noticed um, throughout this whole two game series is that the Bearcats um, like to play control. Like, and, and so when it comes to our offense, when it comes to our defense, both sides of the ball, they, they, like to put on more pressure the second they get a lead like they're obviously up until they get that point it's you know they kind of some teams once they finally get that break they're like ah they had to work so hard to get to that point and then they kind of fall off like you said then they let that other team get one two possessions in a row they're like you said back and forth this whole game against arkansas well i don't believe there was more than after the first uh what probably 10 minutes of the game i don't think there was more than like a five point lead it went back and forth so much. And so I think ultimately the Bearcats really did get to, you know, kind of take advantage of an Illinois team that um, I guess was trying to figure out what the hell they were doing because it didn't look pretty for them. That's for sure. Um, and I never actually did see. Did you see the result of the Illinois uh, Kansas State game? Illinois ended up winning that game by about eight. OK, so. well, that make, and that makes me feel better. That's good for us, too, because, yeah. you know, that's another that's another uh win for them which Mm -hmm. makes us look better but ultimately uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting was that in the Arkansas game this was the first time and again this comes down more to foul trouble I think than anything Um, Micah too had three fouls in the first half which was rough like you know okay you play scrappy you're gonna you're gonna accept that you're gonna draw some fouls but like you said earlier I think the refs called so much against us and they called it so early um, that we had to reach farther into our pocket in this game, uh, which ultimately didn't help us down the stretch. Because a guy like Micah, a guy like Victor, you need them to be on two, maybe three fouls going into the final ten minutes of the game. When they got three or four, and you know, and you're pushing against that number five, it it, it makes it changes your whole scheme for the end of the game. And you have to play like you said more conservatively. And I think conservative play is what ended up getting us kind of punked in the end. Um, and ultimately, we couldn't get a rebound. In that final minute, that that part really irked me a bit. I don't know what the issue was there because I know that Arkansas had some long players, but come on. Like, there was that one possession they had took 40 seconds, and they got three, four, five offensive rebounds in a row. It That was rough. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one thing we really do need to focus on is just cleaning off the glass as quick as possible because – we, you can't let a team hang around like that so quickly, especially such a high-powered offensive team. You know, Musselman teams are no joke. Like, no matter, I don't care who who he's coaching. I don't care if he's got, you know, two fifth graders and a couple of fourth graders on his team. He's going to put a product out on the court, and he's going to give you a run for your money. And so uh, we know that personally all too well, unfortunately. Um, but... I think this game came down to just, you know, again, some conservative play at the end for some unfortunate fouls. Um, one thing that was interesting, this is the first time uh, Bearcat had totaled over 30 minutes in the game. DeJulius and Newman both had 30 minutes um, in the game. 
Saunders had 28. Saunders has been picking up a lot of minutes, too. And, you know, we don't want to linger on this stuff too, too much, but I think the Saunders story is very interesting because he's obviously our sixth man coming off the bench. But do you keep him on the bench? Because I, I'm wondering, because he's, like, you know, you have you have Micah there, you have David there. Like, it's it's hard. You I feel like you have to just because of the seniority and the depth of the team, and it makes sense to keep him off or to have him off the bench. But he's so fast, and he's he's playing so many minutes. It it ultimately doesn't matter, really. But I think if we want to get out to a hot start, uh, much more in the fact that we have the past two games against harder competition, I say this more for a team like Xavier. Xavier, we're gonna have to score. We know that we're we're it's Xavier's always a game where we're gonna have to score. Sure, we've had some rock fights in the past, but ultimately. We need to jump out quick, and we've had a real, real struggle to score, you know, five, ten points in the first ten minutes of the game, at least in our two past two games, against Presbyterian, against, you know, Alabama A&M. Of course, we're going to jump out to a quick lead. But against tough competition, I think you need some quicker scoring. And I, I feel like you need to start Mike in one of those situations. And I don't know who you'd pull off, because we are really stacked in that offensive, like, front five. But... You know, again, especially when you have a guy like David who just dropped 24 in that game. Quiet 24 against Arkansas. It was yep. overshadowed by the loss. But, you know, Mikey only scored nine points in that game, but he dropped 20 against Illinois. And that was huge. That was huge. I mean, I think Mikey took over in that game, too. I mean, we all saw Davenport, but, again, he keeps scoring those quiet points. Maybe that's better on the bench. I don't know. But if we win, it's not a conversation to have. I think if we lose, then that's when you start to, you know, just ask the question. Where should he be? What I what do you think about that? Um, so we I was just looking at the schedule until Xavier. They they only have three games until Xavier uh, to do that. So that might not be enough time. I would say maybe uh, when conference play rolls around, I think the lineup would be a mixture of DDJ and Mikey, and then getting in. Uh, you know, Otto's kind of been in there just for the first tip, and uh, and he he played okay yesterday. He's kind of serviceable on offense. And then uh, we've been starting John Newman a lot. I've been yeah. liking that. He's good. Um, and I think Odie will eventually get some starts. Now, yeah. the depth of the team is huge, and I'm a big fan of the depth. But I think eventually, you know, like I think we see in the NBA, teams will play like, you know, 12, uh, 10, 12 guys throughout the regular season. But then when playoff time rolls around, they just got eight. They're rolling yeah. out eight, and it's their best eight. And I think our best eight includes Mike and Odie. Uh, yeah. They've been really good. Uh, and, and I, you know, and, and Vic, and I think all three of those guys. Eventually, I don't think you can start all three of them in a game just because right. they're all kind of young. Well, Odie's a junior, so maybe yeah. you could start him. But um, I feel like you know, eventually you get those guys in there, and I, th- I think we could see Saunders starting by conference play because the first conference game is a big one. It's at Houston, yeah. uh, so I. Yeah, he said it himself. Like, I don't think teams can prepare for my speed. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> and I'm like, the only reason they were able to keep pace is because of uh, what was likes. I'm trying to remember, yeah, um, that player for Arkansas, five seven. But boy, that guy's a rocket. Like, I mean, he's quick too. And I think that was the first time where Mikey. And of course, he ended up only having you know nine in this game. But I, I think it was the first time that he had somebody that you know is matched up closer in height. He's not. He's not mismatched. He's. He's the one who has the height advantage, which is rare for, you know, a six foot player. But, um, but yeah, like, you know, kind of like you had said, like, 
I, I just don't see where there is a hole in our offense. You know, keeping everybody healthy is definitely going to be difficult throughout the rest of the year. It's just a thing that happens in basketball. If you're healthy, by the grace of God, you're going to make it far. But, you know, if, if for some reason somebody, you know, happens to just need a rest or whatever it might be, I think that Mikey is the guy that you need to inject in there somehow. Yep. You might go smaller. I don't know what it is, but um, I I do think we really need to focus again, though, on fouls, too, because that got ahead of us in the Arkansas game. One thing that is an improvement, free throws. We only had 13 free throws, but we made 11 of them. That's huge. Our free throw, since since that one game, where I complained, I'm trying to remember, was that Evansville? Was it the first game of the year? Yes. We were horrible from the line. I complained, I complained, I complained. I know none of them listen. I don't care. But they fixed it. They're at like 85% from the line since then. They've been doing great, and that's been a huge improvement because that kind of stuff you can't let slip. And again, I think free throws kept us in a game against Arkansas. The problem is the refs gave them a hell of a lot more free throws than they gave us. Yep. And for, uh, you know, offensive basket attacking kind of team that we seem to have 13 free throws i think is a little short for that kind of game so i have uh two quotes to read read from uh, justin williams one from him and one from wes miller and then uh, we can wrap up basketball real quick uh one uh from wes miller from after the game last night i'm pissed off when we lose i hate when we lose so right now i'm in a mood i can't change that but big picture i love my team kind of says it all about how he feels you know and like i think he wears his heart on his sleeve for sure, and I, I'm just a big fan of how he is is doing doing business here. And you know, I'm just I'm all bought in on him. I made the meme the other night of uh, Dexter looking at his uh, yeah. uh, door uh, with the poster on the wall, the, the stun on these hoes meme yeah. with, with Wes. Um, this is from Justin himself. After 60 minutes after against a pair of top 15 teams on back to back nights, my main takeaway is that the Bearcats play hard as shit and must be annoying as hell to try and score against. And if you follow Justin Williams, you know he doesn't really like cuss that much. He's yeah. not really a cusser. So it, he is very straight across the board. But you know, like those words hold a little weight when, yeah. like, you know, a guy like that is, uh, you know, shit in hell or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but still, it holds something. So, man, there's just a lot to love. And I think I tweeted out on the uniform account last night, you know, I, there's nothing to be proud of. Uh, you can't be more proud of this team. And I think our expectations have probably changed now. Yeah. And we can talk about that in future episodes, but it's not out of the realm of possibility to see this team going to March. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, our expectation, hell, you know, we've got a lot of conference play left. And we had actually looked at the uh, quadrant that we have left um, throughout our season. We have seven quad one game's left. I think actually it might be six because I think Arkansas was one of those when we had looked at it. Um, but at least six of those. You got six or seven quad two wins. You got a couple more quad threes and then one or two more quad fours. So, you know, you do have those wins where you take you take care of business in a couple of those games and I think we'll be fine. And I think we had looked at like, we might squeak out a quick 20 in this season, but that might be our ceiling. I think we are looking at this team a lot differently now, like you said. And you know, we start off five and one against some tough competition too, and you know Arkansas. We just kind of like the refs between the refs, and I think a little bit of like we said the foul trouble. It got out of hand, but that was a game where we could have won too. And again, that was a fourteen ranked team back to back to a thirteen ranked team. 
that's one thing I think we overlooked too. Is like Arkansas, we just wanted the win. We're like, all right, now I feel like we should be ranked. But at at that point, we played two tough teams two nights in a row. I mean, you didn't come out with it. It's tough, but ultimately, this team is way, way above expectation, and I think that's something we can really hang our hat on. Um, and I'm excited for it too. I said 20 wins at the beginning of the season, 21 maybe, something like that. I think my expectation has changed a lot. Like you said, we can get into that more later, but um, I think we're in a good spot, and I think we're good looking forward, um, especially before conference play. I think we should be pretty A-OK. So uh, I want to give you a quick live update on the pod. Uh, SMU has apparently lost five prize recruits in the last hour. So uh, that's probably... For, back, or for football? Football. So. Ooh. At least uh, three, four stars. So wow, that probably means something's happening. Uh, wow, in Dallas. So uh, hey, tough luck. Sunny <laughs> Dykes to the Horny Frogs. Probably gonna happen, and um, it looks like one of their replacements, uh, one of the the running backs coach that recruited all those guys, is probably going to Texas or something. So of course, not great. Uh, speaking where your of, career goes to burn. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of football, uh, want to do a quick little preview yeah. on ECU. So I pulled up their. Uh, What's interesting about them is that they have not given up more than 38 points in game this year. So defense is a little bit more improved than last year when the Bearcats romped 55 to 17 um, yep. uh, at home on senior night. Uh, but ECU is giving up uh, 225 passing yards a game. So hopefully Desmond can exploit that. Uh, we're both about even. We're giving up about 100. Uh, we're giving up about 150 yards on the ground. They're giving up about 165 on the ground. We're rushing for 180. They're rushing for 173. And they have the conference's leading rusher by yards, so yep. I imagine we'll see him a lot. And as long as we can kind of you know, do what we did again and take him out of the game, I feel like we should have a good shot. They uh, are not very good on third down, only 35% on third down. Um, now, the only thing I'm worried about, Justin, and – uh, by the way, folks, you'll see our picks um, at the uh, end of the week on Friday, but uh, we can give a quick spread pick at the end of the yeah. game, uh, at the end, end of this little conversation here. Uh, just a side note, we're trying to go to the Cyclones game. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dollar beer night, folks. So we're, we're, we're a little bit rushed, but it's okay. We're in person, so it's not too bad. Um, we, we didn't mention we are both we are both in the same room for the yes. first time uh, since we've restarted. Viva the Cats, too, which does feel nice. It's nice to actually be able to have a conversation, not over a screen and not yes. have a delay. <laughs> so uh, I think the only thing I'm really worried about, and I don't know if we'll cover because we don't like covering in road yeah. games, uh, not a thing we really enjoy doing. Um, I just wonder if there's any factor to Mike Houston uh, being a whiny little boy at the end of the game last year. Uh, after the fake punt, which was yep. correctly called in the yep. formation, not a called play, and we didn't want our All-American really good punter to get blown up by Mike Houston when he was down by 40 points. So, right. Okay, guy, like, quit, quit bitching. Yeah. <laughs> the second thing is that um, we scored, uh, Cameron Young scored a touchdown on the one of the last runs of the game, 75-yarder for a walk-on senior. Uh, and it looked like Mike Houston held a little issue with that because of his prolonged talk with Luke Fickle where they they shook hands and then Mike Houston grabbed Luke Fickle's shoulder to kind of like, hold hey, him there a little hey, bit Hey, 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 I got something else to say. And Luke just was like, he, did, he wasn't even saying anything. Luke yeah. wasn't didn't look mad at all. He was just kind of like, 
can I go home now? Yeah, he's like, so, bro, it's a road game. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, just, yeah. it's a road game for you. Just go home. <laughs> so I wonder if Mike Houston's going to try and rev up the boys like that. They're wearing all black. It's a 3.30 yeah. uh, Friday game. Um, there's nothing to do in Greenville, so maybe there will be a lot of fans there. Maybe there won't. Um, by the way, I'm kind of a fan of not having uh, any a home game on the last week of the season because, yeah. uh, at least for right now, uh, all of the students are, for whatever reason, students go up to Columbus to party with their friends during some other team's game. So Everybody knows Clifton's better. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> But for right now, I'm fine with having our last home game on the second last week of the season. So. Yeah. Well, and to to be fair, we still have a home game left, and I think that's where we're really going to pull people in. Uh, the conference game is going to be at home again against Houston. We'll preview that more as next long week. as we win on Friday. Yes, so, of course. Um, as long as we take care of business, then I don't think I I. Why don't I give you my pick real quick? I don't think the Bearcats will cover the fourteen, but I think it'll be like a ten point win. So, yeah. What I about think... you? What do you think? I think I'm looking at uh, their schedule for the year. I think they won the games they were supposed to win, and they lost the games they were supposed to lose, minus maybe UCF, um, which theoretically, yes, but I think they've had a lot of tight games this year in the games that they've lost, and they've had some pretty dominating wins, um, and I think it will be a lot closer of a game. The spread was 14, right? It is, yeah, currently 14. No, that's not a... I, I know this Bearcats team is good, but I know this Bearcats team in and out, and I don't think that's going to be a 14-point win. I think that's going to be, I'd say, 8 or 9 on this. It's just they look too defensively dominant, and they're a quiet 7-4. and four. ECU, you know, for for a while, football-wise, has just been kind of like the, all right, mark it off game. Like, you know, we'll worry about the week after. This is a team where you do have to give them some respect. They're third in the American right now. Like, that's, and that's, that's, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So I think, honestly, we have to be respectful of our opponent this week and um you know not as much maybe as smu uh but if it's anything like smu hopefully we'll take care of business and blow them well, out of and water. the last time we were in greenville is a 46 to 43 win at the gun so, yeah uh thanks to sauce gardner running uh pick six back too there was a late comeback in that game but we still won it so good old sam crow said we, we need to get him on the show what's Man. he doing now i don't know i don't know is he still kicking who knows, man? I, I, we I have to, we should ask him. We got to check in. Yes, exactly. We need to check in on him. Um, we do. We're going to try to work on bringing in some more guests too, because um, hopefully you guys have been enjoying that uh, with the one that we had with Trey last week. Um, but I think we're going to try to work that in more. Regardless, we've got um, a lot for the Bearcats over the past week. Like there was so much to cover. Uh, we tried to again make it as quick as we could, but um, we've got another big week this week against ECU. We do also have Monmouth this week, which we're not going to get into because there's just so much to cover when it comes to basketball. Um, but I think the Bearcats have been taking care of business on the court, on the gridiron. Things are looking good. We're number four in the country. We're on the outside of probably the top 25, too, when it comes to basketball. I think we've probably earned ourselves a little bit of a move up. When I say outside, we're still favorably outside. <laughs> Uh, not on the edge or the bubble there, but uh, we're moving up. So things are looking good. Uh, you know, keep your heads held high, Bearcats. I think we're I think we're in a good spot. Yes, sir. I would agree with that. And you wrapped it up nicely. So I don't have anything else to say other than go Bearcats. Absolutely. So again, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure to give us a follow and stay up to date with our new episodes. 
every Wednesday, minus this week, which might be on Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving to you folks. Go eat a big turkey, pass out, watch some football, enjoy some time with your fam, and uh, you know, stay safe. So again, if you're not following us at Viva the Cats Pod on Twitter, go ahead and do that. We love to drop some spicy memes and keep you guys entertained. And make sure to follow us at UC Uniforms on Twitter for all the update to up-to-date uniform info from Steve. So again, take care, guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving. If you're listening after, hopefully you had a good one. Safe travels. Take care. Go Bearcats. Let's get that dub. Get that dub, baby. Gotta get the dub.